The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 21st chapter. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it a human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, and, and for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? And they said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collector and the prostitutes will go into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Jesus said to the elders of the church, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of heaven ahead of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As many of you know, UDLC is part of a movement called the Zoe Project. Pastor Keith has talked about it in sermons, and we've been pitching it, but this whole sermon is going to be about the Zoe Project. And it's a grant out of Princeton Theological Seminary that's asking the question, what if we were willing to explore new ways to build relationships with and build the faith of young adults in our communities, thereby seeking new life together? Now, joining 11 other churches from various denominations, Mennonite, Episcopal, um, and others, we have entered a three-year process of listening and discerning and trying new things and then failing really hard and then trying again. All in the name of Christ. Our core group, consisting of church leadership, Pastor Keith Anderson, Ray Hopkins, our youth director, uh, and young adults, Amanda Couch and Vanessa Fry, who are up here for the children's sermon, and I'll invite them up uh, to share some of their experiences. And then myself, us five, uh, make up the UDLC Zoe Project Fellows. That sounds pretty official, right? We're, the, we're fellows. I'm going to put it on my resume uh, for first call. But what is this project? Uh, we are visioning what we could do here in, in Ambler uh, or in Upper Dublin uh, to create spaces for young adults to uh, be the church, right? Uh, not necessarily come to church, but actually be and so that consists of meetings and meetings and more meetings, but also uh, 
conversations with community members and community leaders like the mayor or local business owners uh, to try to pick their brains uh, and really create something new. After meeting a number of times with leaders of the Zoe Project, uh, this summer all the fellows from the 12 congregations involved were invited to a trip to California that was called the Mystery Expedition. We didn't know what we were doing. But we soon found out that we would be exploring different domains or spaces, as explained by Pastor Keith a few weeks ago, and how young adults were renewed by each of these spaces. We met community leaders, entrepreneurs, art critics, graphic designers, and we had a chance to pick each of their brains to see uh, how they were called to do what they do and why they think they've been so successful. Now, I know that you don't, you don't just want to listen and hear from me the entire time. So I thought I'd uh, call up Vanessa and Amanda to share their experiences of the trip. I'm going to steal your seat. Go for it. Hi. Um, as Dan just said, my name's Vanessa, and I'm very excited to talk to you about my part in the Zoe Project today. I've been going to UDLC for most of my life, uh, my family having moved here when I was in kindergarten. I went through Sunday school, catechetics, youth group, five ASP trips, and kind of looking out into the congregation today, I do see some of my former Sunday school teachers, so <laughs> hello. Um, and now as an adult, I attend worship and teach Sunday school myself. Um, as I grew in the church, I noticed that many of my fellow classmates started coming to church more and more sporadically, and then some not even coming at all. Uh, I said yes to joining the Zoe Project because I wanted to look out into the congregation and see more faces like my own, and I wanted to share with them how welcoming UDLC had been to me. So as Dan said, we went to California. Uh, my fellow fellows and I had the opportunity to visit many different locations that were serving their community in different ways. While each location touched my heart, uh, there were two places that really made an impact on me. The first was Homeboy Industries, where we went on the first day. Uh, Homeboy Industries provides hope, training, support, jobs uh, to former gang-involved and previously incarcerated men and women, allowing them to redirect their lives and become contributing members of the community. During our visit, we heard stories from people who were positively impacted by this ministry. <coughs> the point of each story that they told was that these people just needed a chance, someone to believe in them. The second place that really impacted me was City Slickers Urban Farm. As the name suggests, this was a garden located in the city of Oakland. City Slickers provides plots of land for people to grow their own food, as well as a farmer's market to sell fruits and vegetables to those who need it. In addition, the farm provided education about how to grow the food and then how to prepare the food. The garden truly brings the community together and provides a way for people of all kinds of economic backgrounds to have access to this healthy food. Homeboy Industries and City Slickers were just two out of the many places that we visited, and I could probably take up this whole service just talking to you about it, but you have better things to do. <laughs> Each place that we went was incredibly accepting of all people, uh, no matter what their background was. They were willing to give each person a chance, a shot, a job, hope, and support, no matter the situation. However, they knew that it was really up to the individual to decide that they needed that help. And I think that's what this project really comes down to, creating a safe place for these people to have conversations, to try, fail, grow, and welcome others as Christ has welcomed you. Thank you. 
Hi. Uh, my name is Amanda Couch. Um, so I have not been part of this church for as long as Vanessa. I joined about six or seven years ago when I was a senior in high school. Um, my family, we converted together. Uh, before that, we were Catholic, so I went to church on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, uh, after school, I, I left for a few years, and within the last year, I moved back to the area. So uh, being part of this project has been a way for me, myself, to reconnect with the church and uh, get more involved and reconnect with people like Vanessa, who I you know, grew up with and um, have, hadn't seen in a while. So it's actually been a cool experience for me, too, like bringing me back in. Uh, while we were there, uh, I got to do a lot of cool things. Uh, one day, uh, I got to meet with a group called Dragon School 99. It's a group of local graffiti artists. Uh, it's in Oakland, California, which is uh, right outside San Francisco. Uh, Oakland has a, uh, a lot of gang problems. Um, there's a lot of tagging issues. Tagging is associated with gangs. It's uh, graffiti illegally in places. So what these people do, they're artists. They work with local communities, store owners, uh, they truck drivers, things like that. And they find spa local spaces that are usually targeted for these graffiti. And instead, they put murals. Um, so what we got to do is we got to spend a day with these artists and make... Uh, Pretty much the size of all behind, we made a mural about that big. Uh, one of the artists had kind of paint by numbered it for us, so just little circles is pretty easy. But um, they took a problem and uh, they made it into art. And uh, they also work with a lot of kids in the community who uh, are on these paths and have, but they have this crazy talent and they give them a positive legal outlet for their art. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then another place that I got to go, well, we all actually went, uh, was the John Muir National Park. Um, I'm a John Muir like, fan. Uh, I've read a lot of his books. I'm, uh, I actually have this water bottle that has a picture of him on it that I bring. I've had this for a long time. I bring this everywhere. So uh, we actually woke up every day not knowing where we were going or what we were doing. So the day that we woke up and found out we were going there, I was like a little girl freaking out. Um, I almost cried when we got there. <laughs> Um, so we actually went there on our last day, and every day we woke up, and I'm not good at not knowing things, so it was actually kind of hard for me to like just go with the flow. So that day, being in the woods, it was kind of nice to have a moment to reflect and just like be present and meditate on everything that had happened that week, because we'd been going and going and going. Um, and it was John Muir, so he was considered like the first environmental activist. And the reason that we have these parks are because of people like him who decided a long time ago, like, hey, we need to preserve these. So we're there. And, you know, being there and being with the graffiti artists, uh, you take things like trees or art and things like that. And these people have turned them into these spaces of meditation and peace. And um, it brings a community together. So these places meant a lot to me because uh, people took things that they were passionate about, that they cared about. And they were able to take their passion and expand it to others and create these safe spaces and create uh, places where people could come together and do these really great things. So I had a lot of fun on, on this trip, and I felt very lucky to be part of this project. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Amanda, for all your time and energy. This is the third time I've thanked them, so now it seems insincere, but seriously. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I wanted to remind you what the Zoe Project is asking. Right? This, this is the question. What if we were willing to explore new ways to build relationships with and build the faith of young adults uh, in our community and therefore seeking new life together? This question is not a new one. And in fact, it is the very question that Jesus is asking in our gospel today. 
as he is encountered by the elders of the temple. They ask him, by what authority is he even there? And then they try to kick him out of church. Seems welcoming. Uh, but it's important to, it is important to point out that this is not the first time Jesus even enters the temple or encounters the elders. A day earlier, the writer of Matthew says, Jesus rides into Jerusalem, walks into the temple, sees it full of money changers, which are kind of like exchange rate people at the airport, uh, and then flips their tables over, pointing out that this is not what church is supposed to be. The temple was supposed to be a house of prayer, a spiritual experience, but instead it was functioning as a bank. Jesus then heals a blind man, no big deal, right? uh, and then heads out of town. And all this really upsets the chief priests and the elders. The next time Jesus sees these same elders is in our gospel today, making it clear that even though they, were, they slept on it, uh, they were still extremely mad about the whole situation the day before. The question is, why were they so angry? The short answer is that Jesus was changing things, and nobody, even if they say they do, nobody likes change. The elders were just doing what, they, what needed to be done. They were keeping the church open. They kept the community going. Yet Jesus saw something greater for that space and that community, something new but old at the same time. But some change needed to happen to bring about God's vision for that place. Now, I have to admit that change is scary, but that's not a reason to not try to change at all. Looking inwardly and picking apart what we don't do all that well, yeah, that brings us fear, and that fear can then hold us back. On our California trip, uh, when we all split up, I went to an industrial arts education center in Oakland called The Crucible, where self-described makers would then teach others how to work with wood or blow glass or weld. Um, or, as I found out 10 minutes before sh showing up, they taught people how to eat fire. And I was signed up to do that, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can bet that I was scared, right? Fire burns people, okay? This is not an okay thing. It is dangerous. Yeah, I'll cook my food with it, but I'm not going to eat it, right? There's a, there's a link there. But through the calming words of our instructor, I was able to finish the class, uh, actually transferring the flame from one torch to my tongue to another torch. Uh, and I thought about bringing it today and lighting it on a candle, but <laughs> Pastor Keith said, no, can't do that. We're good. <laughs> Trying something new, especially something that seems inherently dangerous, brings about fear that we cannot control in our own lives. This was the fear that was driving the elders of the temple to question Jesus, because what he had in mind for them was different than the status quo, different than what they were used to. And instead of intentionally thinking, they followed their fear instead and said, no, Jesus, this is not how we do church. Please leave. For too long, the whole church has ignored a generation of young adults who are spiritual yet not religious, assuming that one day they'll come back when they have kids. Mainline Protestants are particularly guilty of this way of thinking. 
As a church, we've deemed them nuns or non-affiliated and just move on from the conversation. Instead of looking in a mirror and asking, what could we be doing or what are we doing to turn them away? As a part of the Zoe Project, we as a congregation are beginning to challenge ourselves and our ministry and what it even means to be church. We are asking the right questions. And as a whole, we are looking to create spaces for young adults to not just join the church or fill the pews. We don't have any more seats, right? Uh, but, but be the church. We're in this together, united in Christ, and together we are facing our fears. Realizing that God's grace is working within young adults through their faith, even if they're not in church, is the first step of this project. Jesus says God is working through tax collectors and prostitutes. And on our expedition, we saw that God is working through gang members at Homeboy Industries. And God is working through makers that maybe never went to college through the crucible, yet they are teaching. God is working at city slickers and on the streets tagging walls. And in John Muir National Forest, God is there and God is working. God is moving in places outside of these walls, filling up hearts, and actively changing lives. We are being called as a church to open our ears to listen, open our hearts to empathize, and to open our minds to understand that, yes, God is bigger than us. We're being called into exciting new change that, yes, may bring us fear, but we do so knowing that the Spirit is moving in this place. We are called to ask the tough questions like, what if we were willing to explore new ways that might not look like anything we've ever done before? To build relationships with and build the faith of young adults in our communities, not just California, right, Oakland or San Francisco, but in Ambler, in Upper Dublin, in Philadelphia. What does that look like? and thereby seeking new life together as one body united in Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God.